0: Uh, check, check one, two. Check one, two. Can, can you hear me there?
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I got you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Nate, Nate Duncan here. Nate Duncan. Oh, Nate! What's up, guys? So I was just like, I was combing over some crazy fucking numbers, man. And it was like mm-hmm. blowing my brains out. Like, this guy came to my house. And he he brought like a pallet of bio milk. Listen to this, guys. If, if you thought Silicon Valley hasn't perfected something, well, they perfected milk. You know, you used to think you got it from Utter's. Not anymore, fam. Not and, anymore. And, you
2: know, I I also had some of this this milk recently at the athletic offices, and it was really good. It's a project that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, th- this is Danny, by the way, and I I really enjoyed it. I, I loved I loved this milk. So really, everyone should listen to Nate. Um, listen to this. Buy this product. It's gonna be great.
0: So listen. Every time, every time <laughs> you tip the bottle, there's a gyrometer in there. We well, get we get the gyrometer from from China. Well, it like, connects with an app. It, there's an app on your phone, and it's called Bio MLK. No I, just MLK. Uh, and, well,
2: actually, you know what, Nate? To somebody told me it here, sounds really good. An interesting promo, um, because Bio MLK actually running a promo for MLK Day, where um, you can actually buy as much as you want right now online. I, I know it's not Martin Luther King Day, but you, uh, we're not actually talking about Martin Luther King Day. the MLK Day is more lots of Kratom. That is the national holiday I'm talking about. You can get all of that right now online. Um, okay, so are we ready to move on to the Bucks who suck shit? Uh, or are we going to talk about the Warriors and how great they are uh, for about an hour? Actually, let's fill an hour of time on the Warriors. you think that's good, Nate? The problem
3: with this uh, impersonation is, Nate, you're not cutting off Danny nearly enough. You have mm. to cut him off every single time he talks, man. Yeah. Not I just, you
0: know, I, I really, <laughs> I really like the, the the tenor in his voice. It's just like really, it's like nice. It's good. It's up in the upper level of the treble. This <laughs> the sonic signature just really like gets my just gets it going.
3: I don't hoop no more. All I do is this. My boy right here, other boy right there. It's all about the cook life. Yee! All I do is this. Cook life. Yee! I don't hoop no more. Cook life. Yee! All I do is this. Cook life. Like my boy right here. I don't know no other boy right there. It's episode two of the
4: ATO Show, the only Celtics podcast. I'm Matt Ignall, Sam Sheehan, Lucky's Pipe, and my brother Jonathan are joining me. We're thrilled to have Jonathan Levy returning from his last appearance on Weird Celtics with uh, Tinder. We're going to have Jared Weiss and Evan Valenti um, on the, the second part of the show, so uh, try, try and uh, stick with us. And we're going to play a little game here. It is called Baskets to Baskets. It's totally not a ripoff of Apples to Apples or Cards Against Humanity or Quiplash. It's a totally unique game.
1: Sorry, I read that as Soggy Biscuit. I came totally for a totally different game.
4: All right, first question. Fill in the blank here. Instead of working with Kobe Bryant this summer, Jason Tatum should have been blank.
1: Is is this sort of like to to like be better prepared for the season because it could have literally been anything. He could have like main, been in a saw main game. mainlining gushers, to
3: lose, yeah, to lose. lose. Yeah. Getting
1: addicted to meth is my answer. Literally anything. Literally anything. Like honestly, just like working with Drew Hanlon again. Like like why Kobe? Why the most overrated player in the history of the NBA? And I will also like Jason like went out of his way to say like oh I idolize him. I want to be just like Kobe. And like my immediate response was like I don't know about just like man. (laughs) There's probably one or two decisions you probably should like, I don't know, consider differently. But I don't know. That's just me. Ray Allen okay. couldn't get through it. Catfishing Ray Allen. Yeah. yeah.
4: The Jimmy Butler saga can only be resolved by blank.
5: The reach of Bill Simmons. <laughs> tampering.
4: Did you say tampering.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, Bill Simmons takes kill me. That's a good one.
4: <laughs> well you love this one. Bill Simmons last words on Earth will be
3: blank. So J Bug House and my dad were at a Clippers game, and I was saying I wish I could buy stock in Doc Rivers trading for more of his own relatives.
4: <laughs>
3: Bill Simmons last oh. words. Take
1: the wheel, Verno. Yeah. I turned it <laughs> like, like, if you think about it, like, would you trade this cocaine for these quaaludes? But for trade the value, value world,
4: should outside? we
0: buy the boogie knight's house? The boogie knight's house is on on the market. I think we can put in a low low bid offer.
4: Guys, what is Brad Stevens' deepest darkest secret? He's, He's a can't fucking, fucking freak. Oh. He. <laughs>
1: Brad Stevens he, is a freak. He is he's a watched
0: game. all He's watched all of the uh the 50 Shades series in the theaters on he's, the week he, that they de- debuted.
1: We're we're going to have to trade Marcus Morris a duck tax payment because Wick is paying under like Wick is making enormous payments to like cover up Brad just ordering like so many high-end escorts on backpage. Like that's like that <laughs> He just has to keep like a constant stream of them. You can you can tell no one's like that normally relaxed. You've got to just be like constantly going on. Either that or he's a Cell God, in which case respect. As a fellow of Volcel, I respect his decisions.
5: I think you can't fucking stand Kyle Draper. One bit.
1: <laughs> 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 Did you guys see him own Scal the other night? <laughs> Scal keeps trying to do like funny little bits with him, but he's having fucking none of it. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. <laughs> Sorry, real quick. I just want to ask. I just want to make sure that I didn't imagine this. Amari Stoudemire took baths in wine, right? I didn't make that up. I was telling that was someone that at the other day. Okay, I just want to make sure that I didn't have like a acid about that because I got a huge fight with someone
4: about that the other day. Okay, continue. Yeah, the weird thing is that he would drink it afterwards. What will be the next fashion craze in the NBA? Small dogs.
1: Oh, no, New Balance. Somebody's going to start the New Balance trip, like just a white dad, no, like happened, New Balance. Dude. No, it's happening. I'm telling you, somebody is going to get on it. Who's the one who's got a no, Pascal Siakam's going to start that. That's like, he's like the perfect
3: man for that. Doesn't doesn't Russell Westbrook at this point have to like go full on student and bring like a three ring binder notebook to the press Ooh. conferences? Yeah.
1: No, he's got to do, like, the full – he's just going to bring Meryl Streep in to do, like, Devil Wears Prada scenes, like, to just sort of, like, really lean into the, the fashion thing, like, at this point. That like, is not a rated
3: movie.
1: Have her off to the side, like, bullying him for, like, his looks and, like, what he's wearing is, like, got to kind of be the next step at this point. Is it a good movie? Because
5: uh, my girlfriend said it wasn't a chick flick.
3: It's quite good. Okay, yeah.
1: I'll give it a try. It's, it's, it's good all around. It's it's it. It doesn't have to be a girl flick. It's same as definitely maybe. People say it's chick flick. It's not. Is it
5: a? Would you guys? Brian Reynolds at his best. Would you guys call it a rewatchable? <laughs> <laughs> but
1: good.
0: Yeah, but good. What I'm, terrifies Ben really Simmons?
5: Markel Fultz uh, learning to shoot. <laughs>
0: Probably. That's probably the real answer.
1: <laughs> that would be so, can you imagine? <laughs> if he's the last... Like, like, honestly... You must love yeah. Markel. <laughs> it's like the last...
0: The last thing... Like, he might be the last person in the NBA, like, that hasn't shot a three and made it. Like, this is on the horizon at this point. Like, That's- every center... That is conceivably never like, oh, he's never going to shoot a three. Like they're making threes right now because is, that's just the game we play. And he refuses. He outright and makes it a talking point in interviews that he is not going to be fucking goaded into ma- shooting threes. That even was wild. It's the most point. It's,
1: it's so cra- It's just so crazy that we are like we are literally watching an NBA player get like cyberbullied, not about a post that they made, but about a post that like. Friend of the show Jack just made one day. And it's like like it's part of the zeitgeist on him. Like 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 it's somebody's gonna say wh- he didn't shoot a three coward, like when they're talking about his Hall of Fame case. Like that will come up. Somebody shoot a gonna three! Say,
0: you come it's gonna be Philly fans. It's gonna be yeah. like it's a brain worm right now. It's in the back of their head. They're ready to they're they're killing faults right now. They're killing them. Like I feel yeah, bad for the guy. And eventually, they're going to shift that frustration of ben, ben Simmons. I mean, he's got a yeah.
5: built-in designated ugly fat friend with him at all times, <laughs> every time Arkell steps on the court.
4: <laughs> it's I, I thought for sure he'd be at least shooting threes this year, even if not making it, just every once in a while. But he's not even looking at the rim. I, oh, I, I can't man. believe it. I don't know what's going on in Philly. They, got, they had a lot of issues. All right, next one. The Celtics should replace Donnie Wahlberg with what celebrity? Oh, I've
1: I've I've been on this one. Sasha Grey. They, they cool. got to make a trade. They've got to make a trade to the Sacramento Kings. Port. I think we should send some picks. No, we, we'd have to send picks in the deal. But I think we could definitely get her in return for Donnie Wahlberg. That's is she way still? Better. Is she still in her prime? No, not at all. Not a while, not, right? No, no, no. But it's it's <laughs> a veteran. No, is no, no, no. I okay. respect. It's it's a respect move. You know what I'm saying? Like the greats. She's like Bill Russell, you know what I'm saying. You got to kind of kiss the ring a little bit and sort of, you know, acknowledge, you know, w- w- the accomplishments.
4: Did, did Donnie Wahlberg even have a prime?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was new kids we're, on the block, right? We're, we're in it. Uh, is,
4: what about Blue Bloods? Is he not in Blue Bloods? Is, is that the right Wahlberg? No, oh,
1: <clears throat> that is that's him. I, I've seen. Yeah, that They shoot the that prime. in my neighborhood. Yeah, they he shoot in my
3: neighborhood. He, in, he is in his prime as we speak. This is as good as it gets.
0: <laughs> I mean if we're talking about an economic market Where we actually have to have like show the value Of Donnie Rolberg and trade him to another team Like we're fucked but if that's Not the case we just need to take Gucci Like he's there for the taking yeah, he, he likes Gucci, all of our yeah. team become- Goes to our games Dribble 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 dribble
3: dribble, dribble, dribble. dribble, dribble, dribble.
4: All right, I'm going to bring in uh, Evan Valenti and uh, Jared Weiss here to have some uh, real intelligent talk about uh, some of the problems with the Celtics offense. Take it away, Evan.
6: Hi, everybody. Uh, If you don't know me, well, guess what? Get used to me. If you do know me, well, welcome back. Uh, Alongside Matt Ignall, we have our first guest of the ATO show, the first guest in ATO show history. We couldn't find anybody else to be frankly honest with you, so we settled for Jared White from The Athletic. (laughs) I'm kidding. Jared is one of our favorite guests from uh, our past podcast, Endeavors. He uh, writes for The Athletic, formerly of the Celtics Wire, formerly of everything, really, Celtics blog everywhere. Um, He also... And this is where I actually kind of want to start this. Jared, how in the hell are you on CNN Philippines all the time? How are you the <laughs> CNN Philippines correspondent for the Boston Celtics? I need the background story on this because I'm I'm a little lost on this one. I'm really trying to think of the background story. I don't remember. It's just like at
7: some point I think they reach out to me and I was like, do I want to be on CNN in the Philippines? You're yeah. goddamn right I do. Yeah. So they, they had me on. The host at the time was this guy named Miko Halili who's like, Who's like the Bob Costas of the Philippines, basically? <laughs> um, and so I became like buddies with him over just like doing the show with him, and then he left to um, run the site called ABSCBN. I hope I—I I know I got that wrong. I apologize. Apologize to him. It's I don't watch. I don't get to watch Philippine sports coverage too often, unfortunately. Um, but so he—he um, he left to do that one. Now Charles Two is the host. They're both really good. Like these guys are really damn good. Um, And I just they have me on like probably once a month or every other month or so. You know, whenever they're checking in on the NBA in general, they tend to have me on. I think they probably have like a probably a rotation of like half a dozen NBA writers in the States that they that they roll through.
6: Yeah, and you're the you're the guy that represents us, Jared. I couldn't fi- I couldn't think of anybody else better to represent us than Jared Weiss for sure. I think Athletic. About twenty five, but I'm yeah. glad I'm by on. By the way, go sign up for the Athletic. It's great stuff. Uh, it's right now. Like, there's promo codes everywhere to get it for like under three bucks a month. Like, do yourself a favor and get the best coverage you can find around at the Athletic. Okay, do me a favor. It, do it, me it's a great it. T-shirt, and I, I love yeah, the I
7: Athletic. Mean, uh, one. By the way, I'm always promoting all the flash sales going on, and then I yeah. I realize that. Uh, they check like how many subscribers we draw in. So if you're going to subscribe to the athletic, do it through one of my articles. So I get credit for it, please. Yeah. Thank you yes, very much. Absolutely.
6: Anyway, the Celtics lost the nuggets. It wasn't a great game. It was well, actually, it was a terrific game. I, I lied. One fifteen 15 to 107, your final score in Denver. Uh, big night for Jamal Murray, 48 points. Everybody heard about Kyrie and him kind of getting a little, a little bit into it at the end of the game. He went for the the 50 points. Kyrie took his ball into the stands, all that fun stuff. Jared, I do want to start with this game though, and start with Murray's performance. I'm a big Jamal Murray guy. I was hopeful that Boston would end up with him or Jalen Brown. They got Jalen Brown. So I was happy about that. Um, but I, I, I'm not quite positive if this was Jamal Murray got really hot last night and there was nothing you could do about it, or if this was, was something defensively did not do a good job of containing him and he just took advantage of what they gave him and just got super hot. What was, In your estimation, what was it?
7: I think it was – I mean, it's, it's, of both. it's always a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is, is everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought Brad was being a little conservative on defending Murray, wasn't experimenting as much. Uh, He went to Smart around like the four or five minute mark in the fourth quarter where he finally changed up that like the core matchup there. But the thing is, Smart got torched by him. I mean, Murray blew by Smart a couple times. He had one play where Murray was like kind of cutting towards the hoop and then like flared out to the top of the key around a screen. And he faked like the route running was so good on that, that like he completely left Smart in the dust and Smart was running around the screen. He was like four steps behind the play. I'd never seen Smart that off before. And then there's another one where Murray was running a high pick and roll with, uh, with uh what's his name, Jokic. And I for some reason, I was going want to say uh, Nurkic, but Jokic. And he started to dribble towards the screen right as he's kind of hopping into it and Smart starting to lean towards the screen. He actually rejects the screen, crosses over, blows Smart away out of the game or out of the play at that point. So Murray was like, he was playing at his absolute best. I mean, that was... That was a real showcase of his potential. I don't think it's a showcase of where he is now. It's a showcase of his potential. Uh, but I mean, that was that was just an unbelievable game. And sometimes that kind of stuff happens where you have like him and Kyrie just like going at it, and like these guys are trying to really show out and trying to break guys down off the dribble. And he's you know one of the top ball handlers or shot creators in the league. He still not He's still not a consistent shooter, but he is already one of the best shot creators at his position in the
4: league. I, I saw the same thing. Jared did. Um, I think, but you know, I think it's like probably an aberration for this Celtics team. I mean, you can nitpick any game defensively, but you know, right now they're second in defensive rating. Um, they're going to have lapses; it happens. I think offense has probably been the the bigger story of the season, yeah. uh, where they're 27th with a 104.6 offensive rating. Uh, compare that to the Warriors, who are at 121.6. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a good 17. So you're saying it's bad? It's not good? Yeah, Toronto's Dang. at uh, 116, they're third. So, I mean, there's there's you know quite a gap there. And, and I, I think when you look at this Celtics team that has um, hopes of at least getting to the finals, maybe giving the Warriors a real shot, maybe even winning the finals. Um, getting through the East probably isn't going to be a cakewalk. The offense is going to need to get better. Jared, you know, I mean, do you think that there's still hope that the Celtics can become this offensive juggernaut? Uh what, what are you seeing now? What what has to happen? Where, where is this team going to go? Because I, te- I think fans are correcting their assumption that the defense is good enough um, or is going to be good enough. Offense, I, I'm not sure. But where are you at? Yeah, it's 10 games
7: into the season. This is why we always say don't rush the judgment on stuff. Like we expected – I expected them to struggle a little bit early on because I didn't think Hayward would be – very good. And frankly, actually, Hayward's a little bit above or ahead of where we expected. Uh, and then Jalen is hurt or was hurt, which, you know, is he really hasn't been playing well up until pretty much this Denver game. This was the first game where he looked pretty decent. And they actually utilized him in a bunch of unique ways in this game that was kind of unexpected. And then Tatum is kind of lost offensively right now. He's regressing to a lot of the habits he showed last year. He hasn't been broken by Kobe Bryant and all the stuff that I keep hearing people talking about the last couple It's Kobe's days. fault. Yeah, I mean, everything is always Kobe's fault. I think yep. that's, why, that's probably why Robert Williams didn't dunk every play last game was because because of Kobe. But Tatum is regressing to a lot of his habits that he had coming into the league right now. And it's kind of confusing why he's doing that, frankly. I don't think there's a very good explanation for it. But like that's one of the areas where you can see where this team is Clearly struggling. And then Terry is Terry right now is pretty lost as well. Terry is he's not in a good rhythm. He isn't really in a good rhythm as far as like his rotations in the game, like when he is coming into the game, what kind of lineups is he working with? They're still trying to figure out what's working. I mean, I guess like the the clearest sign of concern for their offense is that Marcus Morris has been their best player of the season. Morris has
6: been their most consistent offensive player only because he's been red hot. If he, you know, instead of hitting fifty percent, he hits forty or you know thirty eight, we're talking about a way different Celtics offense right now. It's just frustrating.
4: Well, I mean, they're getting lots of threes, uh, um, and that's fine, that's good, and it's been happening recently. But you know, there's been a lot of talk with them not getting shots at the rim, not getting to the free throw line. Like in your opinion, Jared, why is why is this happening? What's what's not working here?
7: Well, so let's just look at drawing fouls. Fa- Jason Tatum is drawing f- fouls, shooting fouls on 5.7% of his shot attempts, which is the 27th percentile for a wing, according to Cleaning Glass. And that is the second highest of their court, or third highest of their core rotation players. Yeah. Um yeah. Solid. So, okay, Jalen's at 8.3, Hayward's at 6.7, Smart at 8.0. The point is like they're all struggling to draw fouls and they're drawing a lot of fouls on the floor ironically, but they just they're not getting the kind of lanes that they want. They're not feeling comfortable attacking. I think wow. it really comes I think it really comes down to that their system that is so based off of dribble handoffs from guys coming out from the corner, running a lot of sets like they call double where they have a staggered wide pin down. So they have two bigs or two players setting screens for the guy coming out of the corner and curling around the three point line. That's like a play that they run probably like 30 times a game, or they run a variation of that 30 times a game. And the whole point of those plays is to set up either a pick and roll up top or to just get that guy making that curl, give him the ball handed off to him so he can drive the lane. And that's how they get those fouls most of the time. Right now they're just struggling to operate those kind of plays because it feels like only usually three guys out there at the same time have chemistry offensively. That they know what they're doing. I think they're getting lost on a lot of these plays where they're just their execution isn't snappy. Where what's happening on the strong side and the weak side isn't coordinating with each other very well. So like their passes are kind of late and kind of sloppy. They're off target. So guys aren't really like going into. They're not flying into an action with momentum. So like you could let's say so you run that play that we're talking about where you you pin down those that guy in the corner. Let's say it's Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown most of the time. He comes around. He gets the ball. He's supposed to pass it to the guy on the opposite elbow, and then there's a couple options to like run pick and roll or whatever. He's getting the ball. He doesn't have a good handle on it. He's making that pass. The pass is kind of off, and then people are kind of a little stat. They're kind of like standing around, not sure exactly what to do at this point. That lack of execution. This is and this is what execution really is at its core. That lack lack of execution. I think we're seeing a lot. And that's how the offense ends up in isolation so much. And they've been running just a ton of isolation so far. Um, So they haven't, they just haven't been executing well. And they're missing a ton of open shots. I mean, people were saying their offense was broken when they were getting like the most wide open shots in the entire NBA. And then there's this ridiculous false narrative that people have about them taking too many threes. And what I think that the people that write those stories or make those comments don't understand is that you're creating a, a fault. You're, you basically have this confirmation bias issue that you think that it's people, fake news, it's fake news. It's pro- propagated by CNN mostly. And so yep. the, <laughs> not in the Philippines though. And so, so people see 55, three point attempts and they think that it's, that they're obsessed with taking threes or taking too many outside shots. What they don't realize is when you look at a box score, it doesn't show you how many 20 footers you take, how many long mid range shots you take. It doesn't show you how many 15 footers you take. It only shows a two or a three. And most people don't realize that most teams are taking 60 long shots a game, whether it's a 20 footer or a three point shot. So it's good to see those high three point attempt numbers because Almost always, and I I got to look at the Milwaukee game to see the the shot map on that, but I'm pretty sure in that game they took very few 20 footers, and most of those shots were behind the three point line, and frankly a lot of them were open because they had really good execution in that game. So that that high number, it's just like free throws. Free throw attempts are not usually indicative of whether a game was called fairly with the refs, and people coaches do it all the time, even though they know it's wrong. Because I know it's wrong, so I know they know it's wrong. People will try to pick out basic box score stats to try to be, try to be representative of what happened on the floor or what um, what play style was like, and they don't realize that there's it's a very small snippet of the full context.
0: Yeah,
6: it's it's just again with a team with high yeah. I mean, I'm we're done here, right? We just leave. We're out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, no, just with the team with high aspirations, and it just hasn't come together. But you have to remember. It doesn't always click like 2008 when all the guys come together and all of a sudden they they roll off an NBA championship worthy season. Like it's going to take some time, and especially with guys that had to elevate their roles from last year. Like you know, Jason Tatum's got to go from being like the go to scorer in the fourth quarter of a playoff game against LeBron to now he's trying to figure out where he fits in this offense. Remember last year, like last year when he started, he was his role was very clear, very defined. You know, if you're open, let it fly, attack closeouts, or move the ball. Now he's gone from that to, I'm an amazing scorer, and I'm going to score a 28-game in the playoffs, to now I have to fit back in here. Same with Jalen Brown. Same with Kyra Irving, who has to figure out how to play with two new versions of two guys that, play, that have grown so much since the last time they played together. And then we've got to add in Gordon Hayward to this mix. It's 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 difficult, and you go back to those Miami LeBron years where – you know LeBron and all these guys go to Miami, and all of a sudden it's not the way they they thought it would start. But by the end of the year, they're humming at a high pace. They start talking about how they they train with Chip Kelly at Oregon to learn how to run a fast break in the most efficient way possible. And, and wait, instead of being what? what you don't remember that, <laughs> I this news to me. Sp- Eric Spolstra called Chip Kelly. This was part of the whole thing with with Miami. They wanted to learn how to run better because. Chip Kelly's Oregon offense was so revolutionary; they spread yeah. the field. Uh, they wanted to learn how to run with a spread court more efficiently, so they called Chip Kelly to like kind of like run, you know, ideas by each other. That was a. That's, I, I have a ton of respect for Eric Spolster because I think he's One of the actually best in the week, an yeah. incredible coach and goes to different lengths to try and pull things out. And anybody who's anybody that's successful at anything. Learn some other successful people, and that's what they did to try. because remember that that those Miami teams in transition were a nightmare. If they got out on the break, you might as well just forget about it. And it took a while for them to get to that point. Same thing here with the Celtics. What's encouraging is a, defensively, they're right there. B, as you both have addressed, and you've talked about all the wide ass open shots they've had. That's a plus. They'll go down eventually. But the things that you talk about, uh, Jared, with execution, And the problem with this is, you know, you have a schedule that sometimes isn't conducive to practice because they play so many games in so many days and they have to travel and all this other stuff. You don't get a lot of time to practice and iron those things out. So it's look at the the Southern schedule. You know, you start looking at, you know, games piling up. You're like, man, what are they going to find some time to work on that stuff? You know, part of that is going to be figured out during a game and part of it's not. But I know people that are panicking already. Um, I'm not there at all yet because I think there's just a lot of talent in this team. Um, and they'll get there. But like the one thing I will say is I don't think after watching this game and after thinking about it for a day and a half, I don't think I've ever seen a Celtics big man move the way Robert Williams moved on that offensive rebound and dunk that put back dunk. I have, I don't know if like when KG first got to Boston, he could do something like that. I, that was, I I, like my Kyrie did a lot of things that made me jump out of my seat during that game against Denver. I'm not sure if I jumped out any quicker than what I saw Robert Williams do. I know we, you know, he's young and he needs time or whatever. But man, is he just ridiculously athletic! I mean, unbelievable. That was wild. My reaction uh, was like, "Yabu's on the bench there." <laughs> I watched that kind
7: of like Brad sitting on the bench, like, "Hmm, yeah, right. very nice, man, yeah. very nice." Now go
6: back and play defense. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
7: exactly. That I mean, that was spectacular. Yeah. Um, and it's. I hope people talk about that more from this game than the intentional foul on Miles Plumlee, which, which is just hilarious.
6: Solid and foul. Yeah. sound like the same thing. That's, I, I mean, you know, if you're that far away, I don't, I don't, you can't blame the time Lord on that one.
7: I mean, it immediately brought me back to last year when Yabu, uh, accidentally intentionally fouled Dwight Howard when he wasn't supposed to, because it was like inside of two minutes. And yeah. it's like, it just shows you like, like it, th- this is a great illumination of what a project is yeah. because like Yabu's in his second, second NBA season, third, I guess, like if we're going over the different seasons, third season in which he's like around the Celtics. And he barely looks like a competent NBA player, but like you're starting to see like these are some of the things he might be able to do well. And like, same thing with Rob Williams. Williams, this is what it's like to watch a project develop from the beginning. Rob Williams can grab a rebound and spin and go up and slam the ball like he's Carl Anthony Towns. Like, he can do that. It's not a, it's not a, the, like a new thing to his game. That's what he can do. But like, he has to also defend an NBA center who's way smarter than him. Like, ten, to, you know, like ten possessions, you know, in a five minute span, and he has to not screw up any of those times. And that's really, really hard to do.
4: You made me feel better, Jared. I'm, i, I, I was getting a little worried about the offense, but uh, yeah, no, they're good. Oh uh, no, they,
7: fu- they fucking suck. But like, you know, they're
4: fine. I was, I was worried, right. worried that it's all that they just they just might not have it. The pieces just might not fit. I think they'll probably still make the playoffs, but, (laughs) you know, they, uh, if it's just time they need to gel, then, then fine. We got time. I don't know.
7: I, I'm legitimately concerned. I just don't want to, I don't want to jump out after game 10 and go like this team has a permanent flaw with it. I think it's just like, they're all playing like shit and they're just, they need time to not be bad on an individual level. Um, I think the execution is kind of as much about, like, the players just kind of not being ready and not being, like, solid than it is about them not knowing how to play with each other. Hmm. Um, they, like, Hayward, it took them four games to figure out how to just run pick and roll. In the Milwaukee game, Hayward had this sequence at the end of the third quarter where he he came into the game with, like, a minute and a half left, and Brad's like, just go out there and run high pick and a roll with Marcus Morris. So they ran it twice in a row where he, I think both of them just hit Morris with a little pocket pass when Morris popped off of the pick wide open three each time. Then on the last play, I think they, cha- I think Milwaukee changed up who was matched up on Morris. I think they, cause I think John Henson was guarding him. So they switched it up and put Ilyasova on him. So Ilyasova switched on to Hayward. Hayward took him out for a clear out tried to drive on him, allowed Ilyasova to kind of redirect him towards that strong side elbow when he didn't really get any penetration. He then just handed it off to Morris, who was kind of screwed there. He's kind of trapped against tight defensive assignment in the in the elbow. What Hayward did that shows where he's getting more comfortable is he kept cutting to the hoop, and eventually, I don't remember exactly how it played out, but Morris was able to dump it down to him, getting like a seal underneath or something like that, and Hayward hit a reverse layup right before like the uh, the quarter ended. And so that kind of continuity and creativity is the kind of stuff that, like, right now, most of their guys just don't have. Because, frankly, Tatum and Jalen, that isn't the stuff that's in their game yet. This is kind of, like, veteran-level stuff is being able to be that attacker with the ball and be able to keep your head up and be the playmaker looking for the five different spots on the perimeter. Tatum, Tatum had a couple
4: of KG cagey moves um, in the in the last game where, you know, a little bit of hesitation and then an extra step to the rim. Um, I, I, I feel like creativity is really this... Team's strength, um, at at least out on the perimeter. And I'm just wondering if they can hone that a little bit more. Do you think the Celtics are a little bit like, I know, we know they're going to get better, particularly on on the offensive end. Do you feel like the way that they're constructed, um, do you feel like they're better suited for the playoffs than the regular season?
7: Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the ways that, and you kind of saw it in this game, is that. So when the Celtics are going up against small teams, they have a huge advantage. When they're going up against teams with a really good center, a lot of the game kind of depends on how well does the opponent opponents uh, high pick and roll work. So they, you know, they're going up against an elite pick and roll team because of Jokic, and I thought they did a good job guarding Jokic. They kind of like they did um, they did their usual drop coverage where they would sit underneath the screen. But I kind of like how they kind of like try to get their ass into Jokic to kind of prevent him from getting a free roll to the hoop. I saw them do that with some of the smaller guys too. I thought that was a really nice uh, strategy, and they were having the weak side defender sink in and pick him up in the paint. So like, there are plays where Rogier had to pick up Jokic in the paint for like two seconds before they rotated the big back over to him, and that was really risky. But I thought it worked for the most part, Um, you know. But but it also unleashed. Murray when they weren't because, you know, when you do uh, when you do drop or ice coverage, if the ball handler starts attacking, you have to go trap the ball handler. And that means you have to rotate over someone from the weak side corner. That's how things get complicated. Um, and so if you don't want to trap the ball hard, that means Murray gets the space to attack. And then obviously that's where you hurt them a lot. So, I mean, I thought they did a decent job on it. But so there's more variability. The point is, there's more variability in their ability to stop the big from tearing them up. Over the course of the year, we saw Vucevic, like Orlando, uh, Orlando won that game because Vucevic was really big in that game. Um, and the Celtics have always matched up poorly against Vucevic and a lot of these guys because they've always built their roster to be relatively small and to run offensive units without a main center out there. And so, and you know, Horford is obviously one of the best defenders in the NBA, but he doesn't, he specializes in guarding the pick and roll, not necessarily being able to be like, an offensive rebounding-style center, necessarily. I, so,
4: I, I felt I felt queasy when I saw Morris at the five.
7: <laughs> yeah, I, like, I liked it. I
4: thought it was a good idea. <sighs> I mean, they were down, so I, I could see why. Uh, but when Jokic is in the game, I don't know, it just seemed like fresh meat. And so had to score on the other end. Mook's a, a good defender. Like,
7: he's, in a, he's an above-average defender, I guess I would say. Yeah, sure. I mean, his versatility allows him to guard three through five. Like he's strong enough, he can guard Jokic. He's the kind of dude that if he's guarding Jokic, he's gonna be like elbowing him in, like the soft ribs and like shit. Like that. <laughs> he's gonna take like two fingers and poke him in the kidney, like all that. All that kind of. He wouldn't you know, feel it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, you know, but Mook's the kind of guy that like likes hitting people. Um, I, that's I good mean, quality. Like, in a dirty way. I mean, like he likes he likes a post up where. You're banging. He likes all that kind of stuff. So I think it makes sense to try him as a backup center. And, like, Ojale, who's been really good as a center, I don't think he's a bad matchup for Jokic because Jokic is the kind of guy that will just keep the ball high and wait for people to run around him and then pass the ball. Like, Ojale is an effective really as a defender in that kind of situation. You want a guy with reach or you want a guy that's, like, really sm- like really experienced in trying to fight for positioning and Ojala good at that, but he's not great at that. I think Morris, is when he's locked in, which you know has always been an issue with Marcus, you know, that's when he's good at that. Um, but you know Smart Smart had a pretty lousy defensive game. I mean he had he had like some amazing shot contests. Like I think he had some ridiculous blocks in the fourth quarter, but he also got blown by on the perimeter, and that's probably one of the main reasons why they lost is just because they he's usually ironclad in the fourth quarter and he wasn't this time. But then again, every time he every time he blew a play on Murray, he probably won. He got a ridiculous rebound or ridiculous shot contest to make up for it. So, I guess all the winning plays even themselves out over time.
4: <laughs> My brother and I have a theory that it's the slippery two guards that uh, Smart has the the most trouble with. The, the Devin Booker's, Bradley Beals, CJ McCollum's, and you could throw Jamal Murray uh, in with those guys. I feel like he struggled most against them.
7: I think you're right. And I think it's because those are guys that have good footwork, are very agile, and they don't always have the ball. And so a big kind of like a little bit of a disadvantage for Marcus is that when he's on the floor, he's often the defensive quarterback. And so he's constantly trying to read the whole floor for everyone, which means he's going to lose his guy a little bit. Uh, It depends on the assignment, obviously. But so uh, so those kind of guys, those guys are off the ball a good amount of time, although Murray, for the most part, is the point guard. On that team. But so that makes sense when you think about it. It's like he might be a little bit distracted. Um, I'm trying to think like the plays that stick out in my mind from that fourth quarter, I don't think he was distracted on those. I think he, like, Murray just murked him on those basically. But like, yeah, that's a good theory. I, I think that's a very valid
4: theory. Well, I feel validated as a result. So thank you. For that. Well, that'll do it here on this second episode of the ATO Show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we need your help here. Uh, spread the word around Twitter. Um, follow us on Twitter at ATO Um But uh, we really could use a, a five-star review and a, a rating on iTunes. We'll be back next Wednesday. We're doing it every Wednesday, if you can't tell. Uh, so stay tuned, and we'll see you then. Oh, we got another segment. Well, yeah, we're gonna just keep going. We're gonna keep talking. Segments here. on
0: segments on segments.
4: It's a uh, it's election day. Not not when you're listening to this, but when we're recording this, um, it, it's election day, and uh, I got a, I got a question for you all. After witnessing Jamal Murray's forty-eight, uh, is there any question Jamal Murray versus Brandon Ingram right now? What's your vote? In
5: a fight, Murray all day.
3: Uh, I mean, Murray. I mean, who's better than Murray from that class right now? All right, Murray versus Ben Simmons. Let's go there. Okay, all right. Ben Simmons is better. But that's it, right? Like, he's got Jalen Brown beat. He's got Brandon Ingram beat. He's number two, clearly.
1: I don't don't want to toot my own horn, but I did say Jamal Murray was kind of my pick from that class. Um, Also, you guys are disrespecting Dragon Bender, who's so good that he uh, got his option declined earlier.
3: (laughs) I wanted us to take him. I was strongly in the Dragon Bender game. Yeah.
0: Not, I'm I'm not taking Ingram over Jalen
3: though. Yeah, Jamal Murray not. has the
0: offensive game that is just like unbelievable on the like on the like Donovan Mitchell esque. Also like, oh. Tatum, if like Tatum gets hot, like that same offensive ceiling. But like I don't know, Jalen Brown just actually plays basketball on both ends and I don't I don't even know what Ingram does. He's just he's just wingspan hype right now.
1: I will say this: like if I was like building like a if I was like building a team that like was gonna win a championship, I I, I think Jalen Brown is more useful in a series than uh, Jamal Murray is um, on most teams. Jamal Murray is kind of kind of be your, your you know your start and your finish, um, you know as you go through this. Oh, and also Gershon Yabusele, come on, let's let's, let's have some respect out there. Are you That's rather the,
5: Jalen? I'd rather have Jamal Murray in that seven-game series. Yeah, me too.
3: Jalen Brown? I I I don't know. Against the Warriors? I don't know. (laughs) I think it's easier to find a guy who can play defense than it is to find a guy who can score like that. Yeah.
5: Was that 48 more impressive than Booker's 70?
3: Oh,
1: yeah.
5: They actually won the game. Yeah,
1: because they won the game and...
5: They were in the game. Yeah. I've never seen, like... Mark, Matt, and I were talking earlier. We've seen Marcus Smart struggle with like the the shifty two guard combo guard guy, like Bradley. I, Field, I just brought this up
4: with Jared Weiss, and he endorsed the theory.
5: Yeah, um, dude. He, and he, I mean, Jamal Murray made Marcus look silly last night. He, Marcus did not know which way to go on the screen, and uh, yeah, guess wrong was like... most of the time.
4: Levy, we haven't um, we haven't had you on in, in quite a while. Really, the first time uh, of, of this season. How are you feeling? With, with this Celtics team right now? Where do you think their ceilings at?
3: Uh, I mean, they are clearly in flux. Gordon Hayward is nowhere close to ready. Um, everyone else is still figuring it out. I think Al Horford is the best player on the team right now, which is weird, but... I mean, it was weird after the first game when they beat the Sixers and all the pundits were saying, Tatum's the best player on this team. And it's like, eh, I mean, maybe. I mean, probably one day, but... Horford seems like he's the best. I, it's disappointing to see them like take such a big lead against Denver and then crumble almost immediately in the second quarter. I know it's the NBA. It happens all the time. But like watching that game, for me, it was like, finally, they're like figuring it out a little bit. Kyrie's playing well, and the rest of the team, I mean, they were shooting lights out, of course, and Denver was turning the ball over like crazy, and all those things stopped. But that was a tough loss, and the whole season's just been a struggle for them so far. And... I'm looking forward to them start blowing teams out. You know, like, I remember the year after the Garnett team won the won the ring, the beginning of 2008-2009, when they were just rolling the entire league. You know, they'd be close into the third quarter, and then they'd outscore everyone by 22 points and just blow them out. It was just every game. And I thought this team might do that to at least half the league, and they're yeah. so far away from that. It's really yeah. disappointing. Jalen Brown doesn't seem to know what his role is. Um, Kyrie's taking... Better shots now, but still take some really bad shots early in the shot clock for no reason. I don't know what's going on sometimes. I think they just have to figure it out. They don't know who's supposed to be aggressive and when they're supposed to pass yet. But they're yeah. going to get there. I'm not worried about it. Brad's going to be fine. I figure February. By February, they're going to be fine. Duke Kentucky plays tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's on right now, right?
4: Uh, probably. We've unfortunately we've cursed the Kings pick. And they're sixth in the
1: West. No. no, we're gonna get the Sixers pick. We're gonna start calling it the Sixers pick.
3: <laughs> wow! Markel Fultz does it again.
1: Yeah. I mean, you no, know, it's still gonna be a top three pick. It's just gonna be the Philly pick.
4: <laughs>
0: and we've we've also seen teams like completely flip the script, like the Magic last year.
1: Yeah.
4: That's true. No, I, I
1: don't. I don't believe in the Kings. Let me put it that way. I do not think this will hold up for
3: them. Yet. I'm just saying, Vlad, finally won a trade, and it's exciting. It's about time.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, by the way, the real deal, Duke, Kentucky. We can watch that
1: game, boys. That doesn't start for another 20 minutes.
0: Oh, yeah!
1: Future Celtics, Zion Williamson. He's my guy. How's,
0: how's Florida doing? New Draymond. Did Florida float away yet, or do we still uh, have Florida that? Florida
1: state? state still got a. Oh, oh, you're talking about that. You switch gears. Uh, too close to call. <laughs> I, think,
4: <laughs> um, I think, I think I like Zion as a potential like, um, like Randall Giannis type ball handler that's that can just do like a spin or a, a quick little move and just get inside and finish in there. Um, I think that's where you can probably bring like the most value initiating plays. Yeah. We'll see how he has, yeah like, no
0: He's on defense. Definitely, LeBron shows us almost every game that if you have a handle and you're literally like way bigger and athletic and just can plow through people, you can pretty much score at will. Yeah, until he's like NBA
4: with all that shooting, sure.
0: It's, uh, Zion's his handle is really good. Like that's what impresses me with his, his size, his ability to move around. Whew. He could be a monster.
4: Is he the greatest dunker of all time? <laughs>
0: I might.
4: The greatest big body. I like, want
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like Yabu that can like fly above the rim.
4: What do you guys want to want to talk about? We, we, let's let, let's keep this rolling. Levy,
3: what's on what's on your mind? I mean, for me, it's like first of all, I really miss rooting against the Nets every day. It really sort of sucks. There was I I sort of instinctually do it. You know, I like look and I see they've lost. And I have a moment of joy. And then I realize that it doesn't matter anymore, and and everything's bad again. Uh, I don't know. I love. I mean, the Markel Fultz thing is amazing, and it brings that brings that's my new my new moment of joy every day. as I get to look him up, I get to see how he did, I get to remember that not only did we get Tatum, we also got a pick, and he's destroying Philadelphia, and there it's a like Red Brown is openly playing um, suboptimal lineups. It feels great. Uh, these are the things I have in my life. This is all I've got because the Celtics are still kind of a jumbled mess, even though their their heads are above water. That, that's what I'm looking towards is the pain in Philly. You know, I, I always need the angst of others. Got to feed off that, you know.
1: Um, I, I, do, I do want to say this, um, you, you know, real quick, that I, I do think that there's something to be said for, uh, you know, the strength of the Celtics schedule. The Celtics have had – now, it's not good when you want to be a championship contender. You don't want to, you know, you want to beat everybody. That's what champions do. But, you know, kind of putting that aside, you know, the Celtics have had to play, you know, the Pacers on the road, who are looking like a top four team in the NBA. Um, they beat the Bucks, who are one of the, you know, best teams in the NBA. Um, they had to, the Nuggets are also one of the best teams in the NBA, only had one loss. And they have a insane home field, you know, home court advantage. And to go on the road and lose against them is not really that bad it's just that the celtics you know were up so big and the fact that they couldn't kind of you know put their foot down and 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 make that happen the only real gimme games that they've had have been like the knicks and the magic depending on how you you know feel about the pistons um and i I don't know i I think that that's you, you know i i think you can make a case that the celtics have had a pretty tough schedule tonight you know or to start especially you know given that they play in the east and there's going to be some you know softer games coming up you know not against like
4: no they've played all the best teams in the east they've, they've done yeah it. it's been done so and the yeah. second or third best team in the west right you know like so they've
1: and, and they put you know the thunder like i know the thunder were on a like a mm-hmm. losing streak but they beat the thunder on the road thunder are a good team you know even if yep. they you know their record doesn't really reflect it um and you know the other what the other west team they've played is the uh, the you know the Nuggets, so, you know they've also caught some of the best West teams. So
5: was the Thunder win that impressive? No, no. But uh, I mean, I Russell
1: mean, Westbrook really choked that one up.
2: I'm
3: ready for the best coach in the league to you know make the team good? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah how
5: long how long till the Brad Stevens overrated chance start coming in?
3: <laughs> I'd say another three weeks. Right, I'm three yeah. weeks away.
5: You can already hear Nick right right now. (laughs) Dribble, dribble, dribble.
1: Dribble, dribble, dribble.